Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And um, I had a phone call with a guy yesterday. He had reached out to me. Preston is his name. He and I spoke on the phone for a while, and he's a uh, he's a he's in college right now, junior in college, and he is working part time when he can. He's also playing football in college, but he's working part time uh, selling lab services, and. Uh, he wants to get into medical sales when he's done with college and, you know, credit to him. He's actually out getting sales, real world sales experience, uh, while he's in college. So shout out to, uh, shout out to Preston. That is, that's good stuff. I wish I would have had the foresight to, to do that and, uh, make more of my time in college as well. So anyway, I was on the phone with him and he was asking some specific questions on, you know, thoughts on medical sales, what the what the reality is versus what you read online, uh, what the income potential is, etc. Anyway, an interesting topic came up that I was kind of discussing with him and he was talking about, or he was asking about getting past the gatekeeper. That's where he's getting held up. And so I want to, uh, I made a short YouTube video on this as well, but I wanted to take a podcast episode to expand on kind of my thinking around getting past the gatekeeper. Um, Cause I know that, Every single person that's in sales and in medical sales at some level is going to deal with the issue of how do I get past the gatekeeper? And that can be a very big form of frustration. You know, the, the way that I, the way that I want to, I guess I want to share with you at least at a minimum to start here, the way that I think about it, and then we can kind of get into the tactical applications, but big picture, I'm not trying to sell the unsellable. You've got a certain percentage of customers, and at least in this instance, you've got to think of when when you say the customer, you've got the gatekeeper is your customer, not the end user at this point, because you're trying to get past them. You're trying to get them to give you a meeting or a few minutes with the decision maker, whether that's the director of the facility, you know, it could be the administrator of the, you know, practice, if they're making, if they are the ones that make the decision on the products that you sell, or it could be the physician could be the surgeon. So it depends on the products you sell, but the gatekeeper is the first line of defense. Oftentimes they are not the ones that are going to be making any of the decisions on actually using your product. So they can't give you a yes. Okay. That person cannot give you a yes. And so the last thing that you really want to be doing is getting a no and taking a no and accepting a no from them. Now, with that being said, right? Cause that's like a, that's a common phrase that's used in sales. Don't take a no from somebody that can't give you a yes. Like, okay, that sounds good, but let's not take that too far to the extreme because what can happen is you screw it up with the person that's the gatekeeper and then you don't get the opportunity because look, the numbers are this in, uh, in sales research, my understanding of the sales research is that 
only 2% of the time that somebody makes a sale, it's made on the first interaction. Okay. Now this is general. These are general sales numbers, not specific to medical sales, but I'm sure they hold true or relatively close to true. How often are you getting a yes from a customer the first time you call on them? Not that often. Uh, not often enough to where you better make sure that you're not game planning your strategy around that because you're not going to be successful long-term. Your success is going to come through follow-up attempts to get to the meetings. Okay. So oftentimes it's going to take three, four, five, six calls, six follow-up attempts, six different ways of trying to get in touch with a person or calling on this gatekeeper to get them to give you the business. And obviously when I say give you the business, what I'm meaning is what is the objective with them? The objective with them is to get to a meeting with the decision maker. So let's think about this from the sales process standpoint. First step is a cold call. Second step is a discovery meeting. Where gatekeepers hold you up is in the cold call. They don't let you get to step two. Step two is the discovery meeting. Okay. Then you have presentation, then you have proposal, then you have close. Okay. You don't want to try to walk in on the cold call and go into a presentation or a proposal. You're just trying to get a meeting. Okay. Now there might be a situation out, you know, as a caveat, there might be a situation where it, you've got to, you know, I don't know, discuss your product in, in detail or at length with the gatekeeper. And that's going to be the thing that gets you the meeting or gets you the business. I doubt it though. That's if that exists, that's few and far between in my experience. And I've sold a number of different products for multiple companies. I've sold products that are interesting for the market leader. I've sold products that are boring that nobody wants to look at for companies that nobody knows the name of. I've done it all. Okay. Here's what I know. The primary objective when you're trying to get through the gatekeeper is get to a meeting period. You are trying to close on a meeting and that's it. You're not trying to sell the gatekeeper on your product. You're not going to walk in there and tell them, Hey, you know, I, I, I've got this great product and I want to sell it to you guys because it's better than what you're currently using. They don't care about that. That's not their job. What you've got to do is reverse engineer what they are trying to do and what their objectives are and what they, what they're trying to avoid. If you are a gatekeeper for a physician, your primary objective is I need to make sure that reps that are going to waste my doctor's time that he doesn't care about, you know, watching or listening to their product pitch that I make sure that they don't get back to see my doctor, right? You're playing defense for the doctor. You're saying, you know, I've got to make sure that uh, if, if I let a rep through, if I schedule something on this doctor's calendar, if I allow them five minutes with the doctor, that, that, that I trust the rep enough that they're not going to screw me over. And by screw me over, I mean be a pain in the ass for the doctor so that the doctor then comes back to that gatekeeper after and says, why the hell did you let this person through? I don't want to see those types of products. I don't want to see those types of companies. I don't want to meet with that rep. Okay. That's what they're trying to avoid. So then let's just reverse engineer it. Their objective is to minimize the chances that you're going to be an, a nuisance to the doctor. Now you're not trying to sell them your product. All you're trying to do is convince them that you're not going to waste their time. Number one. And number two, if they don't want to use your product, you're not going to be a pain in the ass. Those are the two fundamental things you're going to try to break through. And now you're not going to 
walk in there and start selling them your product. That's the wrong approach. And when I was talking to this guy on the phone, I think what essentially my analysis of his situation is that he gets caught up trying to sell them on the product. And so they say, oh, no, we're happy with who we currently use. And then he tries to roll right into a product pitch. But you, you've got to understand, somebody that walks in, if you walk into an office and the gatekeeper's like, sorry, we don't do meetings with reps, or who do you work for? Oh, we use somebody else. We're not going to be interested. That might be an unsellable customer, at least at that time. That person is unsellable at that time, meaning that don't waste your time trying to then sell this person. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're better than what you currently use. We're going to give you better rights. Da, da, da. And you're going to like try to word vomit on them to tell them, no, no, here's why you should, you know, allow me to set a meeting with your, with your physician, with your customer, with your doctor, with whoever the end user is. My, what I have always done in those situations is, hey, totally understand it. If you don't mind, let me, let me leave you some information in a handwritten note about our product. Okay. I agree with the customer. I don't tell them they're wrong. I don't say, no, 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 no. I, I really need this meeting. I say, yeah, totally understand. I understand you don't do meetings with reps or I understand that you have somebody else that you work with. Totally get it. You know, I understand the doctor may not be interested in seeing what the types of products that we have, what we sell maybe is boring to them and they don't want to meet with us. I totally get it here. Let me leave a handwritten note for you and the doctor, because I do think that there might be something interesting about what we sell that he'd like to see at some point. So if you can just make sure that this gets in his hands, right? That is the approach. Because when that happens and they're shutting you down, the only thing that you can ask for is make sure that you get a handwritten note in the hands of the doctor. Get a handwritten note in the hands of somebody that is a decision maker there. And that's gonna be your chance, right? In that time. That's gonna be call one, but it might take seven calls and you've gotta understand that. You don't wanna blow the whole deal on the first call. You know, if you walk in there and they're like, sorry, you know, we're happy with who you currently use. And you're like, no, but we get, we have better rates and we're going to give you a lower price and you're going to be able to make more money with us. And you know, here's why we're better and whatever. And then you piss off the gatekeeper. You may never have a shot. You may have ruined it there. What I'm trying to do. And, and this is where I think people that, uh, quote unquote, hate to lose can find themselves in a problem area. Losing a battle is not conceding the war, right? Like I'll lose the battle, but I'm going to win the war. Just so we're clear, you got to approach it as a general. You can't say, oh, this one call, I am not like, is that the hill you're going to die on? You're going to die on the hill of your one, your first cold call to somebody that doesn't know you. And at least at initial, at first glance, doesn't want to talk to you. And that's going to be the hill you die on. Like, no, 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 no just lose that war or lose that battle right there, come back and win the war. So then you follow up with them. Use your follow-up attempts. Oh, well, they won't call me back. Hey, cool. That's fine. I get it. That's going to happen. Be more creative. So what if they don't call you back? So what if they keep saying no? Find more creative ways to do it. But here's, here's the thing. Most reps, based on the products you sell and the locations you are, have a lot of potential customers that they can sell products to. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not trying to sell the unsellable. I'm trying to find the customers that are interested and willing to use my product. Here's what I would, here's, here's kind of getting back to the way that I think about things. When you start getting shut down a lot, 
and then you're trying to fight that last battle, right? Like you're putting all your troops here. They say no, and you're going to fight back. No, no, no. You know, we got a better product. I've got a better price. We're going to make you more money. You're going to get tired and you're going to get frustrated that you're losing those battles. What happens when you get tired and frustrated of losing those battles is you take your foot off the gas. Okay. You start making less calls because you are already beginning to expect that as the outcome. And you don't like losing. You don't like somebody telling you no. And that's the reality. So instead of trying to fight those battles to the death, just say, hey, cool. Here we go. That's one call down. See you later. Have a good day. And I'm on to the next call. And then I'll follow up them next week. And I don't overthink it. Because I want to I do a volume play here. I don't want to get sidetracked and get frustrated because I'm getting no's from customers. I know that it's going to take me multiple calls, typically, to get in front of the decision maker. So I'm just going to play those odds. Okay, cool. They said no the first time. Hey, totally get it. Let me leave you a handwritten note. Let me leave you a little bit of information. If you don't mind, just make sure that this gets in their hands because there is something in here. There's something different about us that they'd probably be interested in seeing. Cool. Now I'm out the door onto the next call and I leave there in good spirits. I leave there still motivated. I didn't lose all my last men in that battle. And now I walk out drained of energy, pissed off, frustrated. And now I'm, I hate going and making the next call. I just roll with it. Cool. See you guys later. Have a good one. I'm going to follow up with them next week, but now I'm on to call two before that person, you know, I'm probably on call five by the time that person is already back in the right mindset. So it's a volume play in sales. Like sales is a numbers game. Let's not get it twisted. You got to play the numbers and understand what they are. You're not going to be this magician who out of the gate is closing nine out of 10 customers. Not going to happen. So just play the odds out. Don't try to fight your to the death on your first cold call. They might tell you no. Okay, cool. Let me just leave a handwritten note. And then you follow up next week. Then you call into their office next week. Then you go to LinkedIn and you find the physician and you try to connect with them directly. Or you go use some email tool, searching emails, try to find the email of the guy. You know, like get creative with how you're going to get in touch with them and how you're going to follow up with them. But don't just, because what happens is you get frustrated, you get tired, you take your foot off the gas when you're getting told no all the time. And when you're trying to have unrealistic expectations of I'm going to convert this customer, this is the hill I'm going to die on. It's like, no, there are some people that are unsellable. And just because they're unsellable today doesn't mean they're unsellable next week. It could be that you walked in there, they said no, you left them a handwritten note about your product. The following day, they had a patient walk in their clinic and it jogs their memory of, oh, that product of the guy that stopped in last week, or sorry, that stopped in yesterday with that product, that'd be perfect for me. That means next week, they may be like, actually, yeah, we'll meet with you. Like that happens all the time. Timing is a unique factor. It's a variable that nobody likes to appreciate. Everyone underappreciates timing. And the reality is to have good timing is completely out of our control. We can't game plan for random timing. What we can handle, what we can manage, manage on our end is making sure that we are there and around as frequently as possible. That means I have my foot on the gas making these calls, making these follow-up calls, so that when this customer gives me a shot, I'm ready, I'm in front of them, they know how to contact me, 
I've been in contact with them recently. They're thinking of me. I want to be that person. I'm not going to try to overdo it. I'm not going to piss them off. Doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, try to make it work and not try to stand up for myself and say, hey, look, we do have a better product. Your, your doctor would be interested in seeing this product because it's unique. It's proprietary. It's whatever. But it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to fight to the end on that first call, potentially jeopardizing call two, three, four, five, and six. If I know it's going to take me five calls, then let's freaking bang out call one and move on to the next customer. And then next week I come back, bang out call two, and then bang out call three, right? Or whatever the cadence needs to be. So that's how I think about it. And that's more or less the uh, recommendation I gave to Preston when I was talking about on the phone. It's real easy in sales to get frustrated when you're losing, get frustrated that customers are telling you no. And especially if you think that thing to do is to try to fight them on that first call. Like, come on, you need to understand human psychology better than that. If you understand human psychology and how people think and what actually makes people tick, you would realize and appreciate that, yeah, chances are I'm not going to get in there the first time. I need to come back a couple of times before they're going to see me and trust me and know my face and say, okay, this guy's a good guy. You know, you're going to come back next week. Maybe you bring a coffee for the gatekeeper and say, hey, look, cool. Just wanted to drop this off. I know you guys aren't interested in seeing what we have at this time. I just want to leave this for you. You know, if that changes, I'd love to get five minutes. I won't waste your time. See you later. And that's call two. Then maybe call three is you bring a coffee for the end user. And then maybe call four is, you know, you call in, you leave a voice. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to, on, on a podcast, tell you the exact follow-up steps you need to follow. You've got to use creativity and understand the, the situation, the environment, and what's appropriate for you. But come into it with the correct mindset of the volume of calls and touch points you're going to have to make to get the meeting. And so don't try to, you have to be willing to lose the battle to win the war. You got to be a general out there. You can't just be the so far in the weeds of like, I've got to win this one battle and then fight it to the end. And then you piss off customers. You get frustrated. You stop making calls. You're like, then you start hating sales. And it's like, no, you don't need to hate sales. You need to understand what you're doing better. So anyway, hopefully that is helpful. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. If you thought that this podcast was helpful for you, consider subscribing to this channel and leaving us a review. And if you're interested in learning more about the medical sales training programs that we provide, you can check us out online at medicalsalescertificationprogram.com. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode.